Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Neil. How's it going this week? Oh, it's going. We're, we've made it through another week. Barely, barely. Say so it's uh, that that in that in and of itself is uh, is an accomplishment these days. Yeah, it is. Um, real estate's been crazy. Numbers have been crazy. We got a cool guest. Let's uh, drop that theme and get into it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm cool, Snitch, but I'm gonna predict that that's gonna be a, a <laughs> smashing success. Yeah, it will go over well. Welcome to Talk About Town, a podcast about real estate and other stuff. And now your hosts, Mal and Neil. All right, we are back. We are here, episode 36, with Jason Douglas of Statewide Mortgage. What's up, guys? What's going on? Thanks for being here with us, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So um, let's get through some industry stuff real quick. Um, I think it is wild right now. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, that, that might be an understatement. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, sure. I don't... So, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Neil. Well, I, I talked this morning uh, about listing someone's house, and first they were, they were a little shocked at how, um, how much I thought they could easily get for it. Right. And then the fact that it is in a it's a good house and a popular location. And I'm saying, Hey, you, it is possible. No guarantee that you could get multiple offers and be above what you even listed for. Yeah. And they thought that was crazy. And unless I, I would think if you're working at a really high price point, that might be the case, but that's the norm right now. Right. That's what I've seen. So, so tell me this, I've heard, I don't, do you all know the number of homes that are on the NMLS right now? Yeah, 2,152. Ooh, a bunch That's of people it. bought. Earlier this that morning, is, it was 2,177. So 20, we talked about this last, we talk about it every week, but this number Crazy. is so low. You know, there's 4,500 or so GLAR member realtors, Greater Little Association of Realtors members. Um, and there's 2,100 homes. Um, you should have, that number should be three times as high, if not more um, in a normal market. Um, you know, in the past few years, we've, we've seen a, you know, steady reduction in inventory, but you know, still this would, we would consider this the peak season, you know, spring into summer. Um, You would still expect to have four or five, 6,000 homes on the market. That is crazy. So 2152, and and as we always remind you guys, that's not just Jefferson County. That's that's Southern Indiana. Um, that's all the surrounding counties, and um, you know you get stuff thrown in there from from E Town sometimes. So there's there's a uh, there's very few, and that and also that's that single family, multifamily. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's all you know, it, and um, 
and it and it's a million dollars and it's twenty thousand dollars right right it's that's that's everything so i mean that's that's a ridiculously low number um so it's got to make that's got to make your job even harder you guys have hard work anyway mm -hmm. but with the shortage of homes it everybody is fighting over the same home right yeah I mean, well here's right. a story from from earlier this week so i have um some friends they i met them they were they watch my dogs when we go out of town um they're awesome they were ready to buy their first home um they're both professionals so it wasn't like a a typical starter home they were looking for and we tried two offer two different properties we offered on included uh escalation clauses that we would go up and be above the list price to a capped amount didn't get those third one we got and we paid they they are paying currently the contract price is ten thousand dollars above what it was listed for and they said you know did we overpay and i said well it is the reality right now right and the in the appraisal clause in the contract kind of has your back there that's your safety net mm -hmm. right. you know, that's an interesting thought so on the pre-approval side you know, my clients might say, you know, we have no intentions of going above 250. I say, that's fine, but what I'm going to do is get you approved for 300. And for two reasons, for one, I don't have to go back and forth with underwriting. They can pull the trigger when they meet with you guys. But also, they're probably gonna get in a negotiation where it's gonna get competitive and they're gonna have to go a little bit higher. So um, are you all seeing a lot of escalation clauses? Is that just kind of, part of it right now i'm i'm using them when i have a buyer yeah i think it's becoming more and more common practice i used to really you know frown upon them um but you know if you represent the buyer yeah and you know ultimately your job is to look out for your client's best interest yeah. so you know if, if that's going to help them get the house you know you got to do what you got to do and it, it also protects them in the sense that you know like you can write i'll go up ten thousand dollars more but if but if four thousand dollars over will get it then you get it right. you know so it kind of gives you um a little bit of a safety net in that sense where you're not you know you're saying okay if i had to i would spend this much but sure. you know if the highest bid is you know just just Three thousand over asking price, and I'm willing to go ten thousand over. Then I stick. I can get it for three thousand and one. Right. You know, basically. Right. right. Um, yeah. So, um, anyway, but yeah. So, what what are you seeing? Um, are you seeing a lot of refinances right now? Are you seeing a lot of a lot of new buyers? I'm, I'm seeing a lot of refinancing right now. Um, purchase business is starting to pick up a little bit. Like you guys said earlier this is the busy season, you know, starting right about now. So that's picking up, but, but majority, yeah, right now is refinance. There are people who are still paying uh, high interest rates. And so it makes a lot of sense for them to take advantage of these rates. Um, we, we talk about that too, like just from a historical standpoint, you know, getting right. it's in the fours, five, sixes, that's not a high rate, but, right. but, but when you got rates that are, you know, closer to, to three, ish yeah. for yeah. 30 in years some cases lower and i just didn't think i'd see that in my career you know i'm 16 years in i guess and i just uh i didn't think it would happen and i don't know if 
if we've seen the bottom, to be honest. So, well, for those of you that can't see Jason, 16 years in, um, he started when he was 12. So <laughs> he's been he's been doing this a, a long time. But hopefully, uh, we get to to um, negative interest rates where they yeah, you know, they deduct they deduct yeah. a little bit off your payment. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's possible. And then my phone would really not ring up. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Well, and I mean, as a lender, how, how, how does that work? How do you make money as a lender on negative interest rate? Yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how that would work. Um, I mean, well, we were talking about before, you know, um, it, not this part, not this episode, but in the past, like a healthy economy, you know, you're going to have an interest rate that is low but the banks still make money you know like so like the so it's relatively it's it's relatively affordable you know to 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 borrow money but but the lender's still making money and that and then everybody wins so these the threes and whatever i mean it's not really sustainable so i mean it, at least i don't anticipate it being sustainable but we're dealing with uh, obviously a lot of things right now. We've got global pandemic. We've got housing shortage. We've got um, some of those things are contributing to the housing shortage. So, so it's, I don't know. I mean, but as you said, you got to take advantage of it while you can. Yeah. The uh, listen, the margins are still there, even with rates being low. You and I both know that investors aren't giving away free money. So, um, yeah, come get them while they're here. I don't know what'll happen. Who knows what the future will hold, you know? Right. Well, and it's it's a balance, you know, because um, we talk about like uh, your client, Neil, that um, are, are we overpaying? Well, you know, um, affordability of homes is, it's balanced by the, by the interest rates. So, you know, when the interest rates go up, the, the value of the homes may slight, you know, may have a slight dip, but um, we talked about that last episode as well. I mean, it's so, you know, you're not going to get both necessarily. You're not going to have really, really cheap houses with really, really cheap interest rates. It just doesn't work that way. Right, um, right. And I always right. say you got to find value within the marketplace. Say that last part one more time. I'm sorry. I, just, I just, I just say you got to find value within the marketplace. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, the thing is, if they're happy with the house, if it's a house that they're comfortable with, if it's a payment that they're comfortable with, um, you know, it's, it is, it is a good deal because, you know, like they're getting the house that's best for them um, to suit their needs, whatever. And if you go, um, you know, and look at the history in, in this city, particularly, I mean, you know, average three to 5% interest or three to 5% appreciation, um, you know, eventually you're going to get your value out of it. Absolutely. What's, what's that caveat we always have to give though, Neil? Um... About, about future profits from the sale real estate. Oh yeah, we can't guarantee that. No. <laughs> you can't. You sure? No. No. Uh, it, it, you may you may lose some value. I think people get a little bit hung up on the list price of a house. You know, essentially, it's a made-up number. Yeah. You know, all in all, like yes, we compare them to other sales but there's outside factors that influence that. Right. And, you know, right now that number means the bidding starts at. Yeah. Um, the, the bidding starts at and goes up though. Absolutely. Right now, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I am. I I never try to overstep. I have clients that will, um, you know, get with Jeremy and I I still want to overstep when it comes to property. And so, Hey, I've got, I've got my eye on a home that's listed for 300 and, you know, I, th- I think I'll give them, I think I'll make an offer at two, you know, right now. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's a, it's a fight. And I, well, I don't know if that's a good idea. Talk to your agent, but you know, from what I've seen, and then I'll share my experiences with other clients. Do you all get a lot of that? Are, are clients still in this market wanting to, to lowball all the time? Or Sometimes. Yeah. Clients get it now. Well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, you get, you get them both. Um, but there's, there's still people you know, and, and I think it is property specific. Um, you know, if, if a house has been on the market for a little while, then you may have an opportunity to negotiate, but house that just came on, especially in, you know, one of these quote unquote desirable areas, um, you know, chances are if you're looking at somebody else's too. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's up to us as the agents um, to educate the, to educate the buyers about the market and just understand, you know, like, I mean, really, I've said this before too, but from a historical standpoint, you know, Louisville's not like a low ball city, you know, like, and I think in any market, if you, if you can get 97 plus percent of your asking price, you're generally doing pretty good. But, um, but right now you're looking, I mean, at 98, 99% of, of the asking price is the norm. Um, So, so to think that you're going to be able to, get a house that's listed for 300 for 250 is just not a realistic. Yeah, 2,100 homes on the market, right? Right. I mean, and, and that's what we got to, you know, really explain to them is like, look, there's just, there's nothing out here, you know, like um, there are new homes that come on every day, but there's, but they're, they don't last because there's, there's so many. Good more- agent would just sell his own home, Jeremy. You would just sell your own home. <laughs> you, you would, to, to make it work for your client. Just take this one. Yeah. Jeremy would give it to him. There you go. He's that nice. Yeah, but my wife's not. She wouldn't with that. <laughs> you got to have some balance there, you know. That's right. That's right. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. My wife is lovely. You'll know it. She is. But, um, no, hey. You definitely married up, brother. Oh, yeah. I think we all did. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, she, it's it's just, it's crazy right now. It really is. I mean, we have to, we have to just... Um, you know, like it, if, if something hits the market and it's, it just came on and it's, and it's priced right or what, you know, or if it's, you know, and even in the ballpark, I mean, I, I see people overpaying for what I would consider mediocre because it's in this location and, and you know, some Where's people, the hot location right now. Where's the it place in Louisville? Well, oh, I still think, oh, there you I are. still think Germantown's pretty hot. It's, it, I think it's cool out it had been um i said i think germantown still pretty hot but i think it's mm-hmm. cooled off some since like two years ago I, I think shelby park is is the one that's up and coming um i think it's it's really coming um like i think it's coming on strong but it's got a while to go and i don't think that the recession has helped shelby park just because it's it's more of a you know it's more of a working class you know it's it, so like people that um, people that are looking in that neighborhood may, may have been affected by, um, you know, the, the pandemic more than some people that have, um, I don't know, just like 
I don't know, more job security. Mm-hmm. I know the band around the Waterson is always hot too. Um, 264 near uh, or Taylorsville road near 264. If you want to sell a house in two seconds listed over there. Oh yeah. Yep. Is that, um, it's got a lot of, it's close to everything. You get to everything. It's it's close. It's close. And, and the, the purchase price there is typically pretty affordable for a good, for a good solid product. Okay. Yeah, I, I think um, the Hikes Point area does well in Louisville. Like, and I think it's 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 had a resurgence recently. And I think um, like uh, the area, like um, like four hundred two two zero, like which is kind of it's kind of between St. Matthews and J Town. Um, that's that's a zip code that tends to do well. Four hundred two one eight, which is just beyond the Waterson Expressway, um, is an area that. Is doing well so 4220 does encompass um hikes point but and then you cross over and you're in 4218 and they kind of run yeah. into each other. but they're you know those are areas where they're still central for the most part they're still close to everything but they're but they're generally going to be a, a lower price point than you know right in the heart of the highlands or crescent hill or something like that right, right. <clears throat> um so um definitely difficult to figure out where we're going i know cultural culturally um, stuff's crazy right now. Um, where, you know, where do we go from here in, in, in lots of different ways? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a heavy question. Um, it is. Sorry to lay so much heaviness on you, but. No, no, no. I, and, and I appreciate it. I, um, I appreciate, um, allies in the fight for, uh, for justice uh, I appreciate that the difficult conversations are being made now. Um, it's forcing everyone to kind of get out of their comfort zone and uh, looking internally. And I think that is what makes um, this nation great. And I think that uh, and as long as that continues, um, there's still hope. I have two kids, um, um, one of which is going to high school, the other is in middle school. We got a lot of questions right now. Um, as a younger man, I didn't think I'd have to answer those questions with mm-hmm. my kids, but I am. And uh, I'm not saying that's fine, but uh, I'm okay with it. So um, yeah. I, I, I try to be as optimistic as I can about the future of those connected to me. And uh, I'm, I'm still optimistic. I can appreciate that as, you know, just as a parent as well. But I think that, you know, one thing about our country is we, you know, we tend to gloss over our history, you know, and I don't feel like we teach it enough. I don't feel like we, so this is a pretty dramatic shift from real estate, huh? But um, I, I just, I feel like. I was like, told this was a hip hop podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's all things. It's all things. Um, <laughs> All things, and we'll sprinkle some real estate in there too. But, um, you know, I, I just really think that, um, you know, we have to recognize our history. We have to not embrace it, but just understand that this is part of our history. This is our past, you know, but because that's the only way you can really truly move forward, I think, is to, is to say we got to do better. 
you know, and, and, um, you know, for, for too long, um, we haven't done well enough. And I, and I think our ideals are great. The rules just have to apply to everybody. Um, you know, not, not, not just the rules, but the freedoms, the, the, the things that, you know, that we hold dear all, um, you know, the promises hold these truths to be self-evident, you know, it's, it's just, those things are, um, unfortunately not always applied equally. And, uh, I think to be the truly great nation that we can be, um, then we, you know, then we need to. You got to address it head on, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. We got it. And yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I have I like, our, our city is getting some national and global coverage right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not for the 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 great University of Louisville Cardinals winning championships. That's that's the coverage nationally that I would like to see. That's not what's earlier going. in the in the year. I declared them the the 2020 national champs in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Could have <laughs> been. Yeah. Uh, Why not? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, prove me wrong. Um, so, so yeah, we're getting we're getting attention for all the wrong reasons, um, or maybe they're the right reasons. You know, I, there's some things happening um, within our police department that um, just aren't cool. We've got leadership that isn't being as aggressive in uh, getting justice, and that's not cool. So. I mean, it's it's a tumultuous time right now, and then that is on top of a global pandemic. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. To answer your initial question, Neil, how do we move forward? I don't. I don't know if I have the answers. I just you know we plug away each day that we can. Or where do we go? I think one one thing that you know Louisville is not a large large metropolitan area. It's a fairly decent sized city, but. I love that we're at the forefront of change because I think we're kind of the intersection of a lot of stuff, you know, where we're sort of a Southern city, but not really. Um, We're sort of a major metropolitan area, but not exactly. Um, We've got tie, you know, we're, we're in some ways we're a lot more like Cincinnati, but in some ways we're a lot more like Nashville. Yeah. A lot better than Cincinnati. Way better. better. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, I think um, you know, as you said, as parents um, of young people, you know, we have, you know, elementary and middle school and you know high school age children that, um, you know, and we have a diverse background here. You know, like I think um, it's up to us as parents to kind of, you know, help guide our children and and teach them to be open-minded and, and, um, compassionate and honest and caring and, um, you know, and because they are the future leaders, you know, they are the people that are going to change the world and, um, you know, I, I, or shape the world, you know, whichever direction it goes. And, and, um, you know, so all I can do, um, you know, ultimately, I mean, you try to do the best you can as a parent and, you know, you hope that they're, you raise smart, intelligent kids that can make their own decisions. But, um, but, you know, all I can do is just, you know, instill what I believe, which is that, that you know, we, we, we judge in our family, we judge people individually, you know, like, and, 
and treat people with respect. Um, you know, people have to earn your respect, um, but but at least they have to, you have to give them that initial opportunity to, to kind of prove you right or wrong and be open-minded enough to do that, regardless of where they come from. Even if they're wearing a Boston hat. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. It's, um, it's, it's, it's for outfit purposes only. I'm not, I'm not. Okay. All right. All right. You're cool then. Uh, so I'm, I'm a very big Colts fan, which makes me hate the Patriots, uh, which by association makes me hate anything the in Boston. Yes. I'm, right. I'm fine with that. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any uh, real loyalty to a pro team. Like I, I always say I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Cause I was an, I had an aunt by marriage, um, whose brother played for the bills during the Super Bowl runs. Yep. Um, and, uh, as a young person, it gave me somebody to cheer for, but you know, I, I just kind of stuck with them, but I don't live and die with it. It's not like the Cardinals for me, not like UL, but yeah. Um, you know, but I do think it would be cool. Like I used to, I used to think that, you know, I, I didn't want an NBA team in, in Louisville because I was like, you know, it would take away from the Cardinals somehow, but I, now my Have you come around on it. Yeah. I've come around on it. I feel like, I feel like it would be, you know, it'd be one of those things that could bring all Kentuckians together, you know, because um, we have such such a strong divide between, you know. Oh, it's serious. Yeah, it's just, and it, it sometimes it's way too serious. It's like, give me a break, you yeah. know. Yeah. As yeah. passionate of a, of a fan as I, you know, I, I always, you know, say or give the caveat that we know, like, fan is short for fanatic, but, yeah. um, you know, people take it to a just extreme level. There's, you know, there's never really a reason. Like, my passion for my team does not mean that I have to, you know, be a jerk to you or treat you poorly or. You would let a UK fan in, in traffic. Like if they needed to get ahead of you, you would. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might think <laughs> twice about it, but not. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, but I do have, I do have like a, I don't know, like a, a natural um, like reaction when I see like UK stuff on people's cars, like it just yeah guttural kind of like. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of judge them a little bit. Yeah, I can't help. I know we're talking about this. Is not good for my client base at all. We're talking about being open-minded, but uh, <laughs> no, but but yeah, no, like, I, and I, the thing is, I kid, I give people, you know, I give people a hard time, but it's, there's one, there's one, it's one thing to have like, you know, a little bit of banter. It's another thing to be malicious. Right. You know? Would you let Cal Calipari into traffic if I didn't know it was personally? Funny. Yeah, man, I like. I'm gonna say it Let him walk quiet. out into the real quiet. Like <laughs> I like Cal. I like Cal a lot. Uh, so yeah, I would. Okay. I would even. I would even um, drive Cal somewhere if he needed a ride. You know. Oh wow. I like. I like Cal, but uh, I won't repeat this outside. Of, <laughs> um, yeah. I actually, uh, actually grew to appreciate uh, Cal a lot more. Um, you know, really as a as the UK coach than I did in the past. Yeah, I feel like I, you know, got to know who he was more. Like I, I feel like, you know, he's arrogant and got a strong ego because I think almost all, you know, Division One coaches have that. But um, and he's Italian, so he's got that, uh, you know, that swagger, or whatever. But, yeah. but um, Some I, blood there at, at one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that was, you know, like I mean, he's been the coach of two of our biggest rivals, and it's, right. uh, it's a natural kind of hatred, but. You know, like he's got a reputation as being kind of sleazy, but I think like if you really get to know, like he's very charitable, like he's he's 
you know, been married to the same woman forever. And, you know, they seem to have a really good relationship. And, you know, he's been, you know, like, he's been a good ambassador for the state and for the, for the, there's, there's my daughter in the background. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, so yeah, he's You're not. Best looking person in the podcast, man. Oh, Easy. for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's not even close. Um, but uh, it's probably the smartest too. <laughs> <laughs> no harm um, yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah. So you know, I, I it, yeah. Well, he, and he he runs a different model than than a lot of schools do, and and he does it well. Yeah. What's well, one thing I do appreciate about it is that I feel like he's he's pretty much just always him. You know, he's he's he doesn't change for anybody. He doesn't try to be something he's not, or you know, like he doesn't cater to the media or cater to you know anybody that is um hey he doesn't he sorry he doesn't cater to uh i don't know like what people think he should do or should say or whatever like he just does he just does you've got to you've got to appreciate a man like that who can remain himself yeah anyway well we should all aspire to be genuine how about that's the takeaway that's that's what i was trying to say well said man absolutely Thanks. Well, Jason, um, when one day we will have an opportunity to get back out there and eat together. Man, have you? Did you see? I can't wait, dude. You you name the place. Um, I, you know that's one thing about COVID. I think like we're going to appreciate leaving this house. We're going to appreciate it more. You know, and um, yeah. You and I got so busy at one point that we didn't do like our monthly meetups. We try a new restaurant or whatever. Uh, I've got a feeling we're not going to let that happen again. Have you seen? Have you seen the list of restaurants that have closed because of COVID? In this the, city, the Journal just um, released like it was like forty restaurants. Yeah, did you see that? But there's a yeah, there's a few opening too though. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, and and I think that you're going to see a you know it, it it'll probably be at least another year, maybe more before we see a full, you know, like, I don't I want to say recovery, but like where we can feel like we're, we're kind of past it. But yeah. uh, I think you're going to see, you know, just, a, it's going to be a different model. I, I don't think you'll see nearly as much. I mean, even before this, people were getting away from like the fine dining and stuff like that. But I think, I think that's going to be almost just a, a dead scene. You'll see a lot. You got buffets. Yeah, I think <laughs> buffets are going to have a tough time surviving. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna lie, I, always, I like a good pizza buffet. I'm going to miss the pizza buffet. I like an Indian buffet. Yeah, I absolutely. But um, yeah, so I think that's. I think a buffet will still have its place, but I, like place like Golden Corral, I, I just don't know. <laughs> so I, you you um, won't go there as much. <laughs> as yeah, much. I, yeah, yeah. There won't be a place that I I frequent in the future, but. <laughs> As you know, as much as I went there in the no, past. No offense to the Golden Corral. Yeah. Uh, well, right. I mean, the one thing about the Golden Corral is, I mean, you, I, I think I've been into a Golden Corral once. And you you just, it's just kind of what you expect. You know, you see like yeah. the gluttony that is America. You know, like we're, we're going in and um, we're just going to, I mean, get this massive portion on our plate. Like, I was like, you know, you can go back, right? Um, <laughs> It's all you can eat. It's not all you can eat in one sitting. Um, so anyway, but it's, it's, yeah, but um, back to. 
I was trying to pull up the list. Um, well, Lily, Lily's is closing, which makes me sad. That was that was the first one I was going to on Bardstown Road. And yeah, no, I've never been to Lily's Bistro. It sounds like I don't I think was, I've ever been there either. Well, and Lily's is not, um, you know, it's. I don't think it's close. I don't think she's closing just because of COVID nineteen. I think that it, it was something that was a long time coming for her, but this probably accelerated it. Um, Kathy Carey, who's the chef and owner, she uh, she was kind of like she introduced Farm to Table to, to Kentucky. Like it was like Farm to Table before Farm to Table was a thing. Um, and so you know, local ingredients and and just you know, like really good quality food. And and um, it was one of my favorite places. I, I, so I'll be sad to see it go. And, and they have uh, this ice cream that it's a peppermint ice cream that the pastry chef makes. So I have to I have to find her, but. It's like my wife's favorite ice cream. She's not a big ice cream person, but there's sure. a place called uh, Well, there was a place called uh, Ermans. I don't know if you remember Ermans in Mid City Mall. It was old school, um, and it was like you walk in there, and it was basically like it had never, you know, like I think they closed sometime in the '90s, but it was like it looked the exact same as it did in the '40s. You know, like it was just it was yeah, it was one of those time capsule kind of places. But they had ice cream parlor. Yeah, and the ice soda soda fountain you know they had an amazing um they had an amazing uh art, like peppermint ice cream according to my wife which peppermint is not my favorite but and, and apparently this was the closest to it the the lady uh, oh, okay okay pastry chef at lily's so okay anyway but um yeah they had uh lily's lily's fries fried in duck fat it's a good thing <laughs> uh, you can drop anything in duck fat man and yeah, it's gonna be good but uh, yeah, we'll get back. And Neil, Neil is a big food guy too, Jason. We, uh, you know, we we have we have kind of a lunch group that you know we've been. Oh man, it's tough. That's yeah, cold. I think some. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the the guideline is 33 percent or so dining. Yeah. Is that the rule? Yeah, and I think it's going to increase to 50 percent capacity soon. But I, I'm just not. You know, as much as I love local restaurants and as much as I love local restaurants. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not in a hurry to go and get in a big crowd of people. Um, and I, I, we've done some carry out and we'll keep doing that. Um, but as far as the in-person dining goes, I, like, I still rely on my 70-year-old um, uh, in-laws to watch my kids on a daily basis. They, I say they've been, um, they've been part of this the whole time. Like they, they pick up my kids every day from school um, before COVID. So they were, it's like we live in the same house already. And so, like, I try to not um, put myself in any kind of situation where I feel like I could pass it on to them because, you know, multitude of reasons. Safety first, man. Yeah. So, but you guys it, better cooks now because of COVID. Neil, do you cook? Oh uh, yeah, but cook? I was always a, a bomb cook. So. <laughs> oh. Okay. Too, too. I, I respect it because that's kind of how I would describe my prowess as well so yeah, man, yeah. I'm, I'm always you know i like i'm pretty humble when it comes to my when i i'm my, not i'm not i'm not either but I'm, yeah. i know i'm good at certain things i like i mean i've i've started to look forward to like the you know just i like if there's any like silver lining to this it's like there's not the rushing around you know because i mean both of us all three of us parents of uh young children always having to do stuff you know, there's always something going on after school or, you know, like after work, you've got baseball or basketball or, you know, um, quick recall, whatever it is, scouts. So it's just, it's just always something. 
And so I've, I've enjoyed the kind of just being able to come home, you know, like do a workout, eat dinner. That's our routine. Go for a walk with the family. That's, that's the thing. And so, you know, like I, I've always said, I much prefer eating to cooking, but I've, I've, I've gotten more of an appreciation for the cooking. And I, like, I've always been, you know, decent at it, but man, man, yeah, but it's, but yeah, so like I've been, I've been more creative with it, like experiment, experimented with more things because, you know, like we, we would eat like just simple, quick stuff because we're always in a hurry. Um, so I have more time. So I'm, I'm cooking more things that take more time. <laughs> okay. yeah. I've gotten better at um, bread making. That, that's, bread? that's a skill that I picked up. Like never had that skill. Lynette is, is, Lynette is an awesome, Lynette is an awesome baker and I wish I could pull up a photo of my birthday cake. Uh, my birthday was this month. So she made like this Happy triple birthday. layer. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah. Triple layer, like chocolate deal. So that's always kind of been her thing, but I've gotten really good at, at bread. So like hamburger buns and yeast rolls. Uh -oh. and like I've gotten fat. It's, it's been good. It's been good. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not a baker. Um, you know, anything that involves science is not really my thing. I, I'm, I'm like more like, I don't know. Yeah, sci science is made up anyway. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, like, um, you know, I, I, I know how to make the things that I make all the time. You know, like, and it can usually make it taste pretty much the same. But if you ask me for a recipe, it would be very difficult. I'd be like, well, I put about this much salt and pepper <laughs> more because I need to season to taste. So it's, but I mean, I could tell you, I could tell you how to do it. Like, I could give you, see, like, that's what I. You know, when I look at recipes and things like that, I, I look more for a, a technique or like just an idea as opposed to an exact formula. You know what I mean? Like, because um, it's, and, and when it comes to baking, it really does have to be exact. And so that's where I. Yeah, you got to pull the scale out to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Measure, you know, like you got to scrape off the top there, make sure that your measurements are, are it pays perfect. Off. It pays off. Well, um, yeah. I don't know. Should we wrap it up now? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, before I forget uh, to keep you compliant, what's your NMLS number, Jason? 395616. Thank you for reminding me. I meant to say that when I, when I came in. 395616. You're welcome. And if, um, for all Sorry you all can't see me. It's like this is the only room in the house that is quiet. That's all right. So it looks like it, it. It looks like the, the room that I don't know. The it's like a. It's like a. It's like a guest room that I don't want to be comfortable, right? <laughs> right. You don't want them to stay too long. No, I don't want to be comfortable, and so I kind of bring my work stuff in here. So, so you just you just you just don't give them you just don't give them uh, sheets or anything. You just no, I just it's kind of mattress, right? Right. Like I'll give you a bed. That's it. That's it. Um, I, I can appreciate that. I, I used to, when I worked for my uncle, who's a builder, I used to always make that joke. It's like, because um, the, the, the basement was so nice. I was like, you have your guests stay here. But I was like, but you'd have a tough time getting them to leave. And, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. but, but also like the, uh, like, yeah, the, the guest room was always smaller than the, than the master. I've, but, I've yeah. had to learn the hard way. My mother-in-law, <laughs> my mother-in-law last year, at our old house was a guest for probably six months or so and like Ooh. i don't think that's a guest my wife isn't gonna watch this right so it's like yeah 
Like we have the, she and I have like the quintessential like mother-in-law, son-in-law, like sitcom relationship. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I learned, I learned some lessons about keeping things too comfortable. So. Nice. Well, six months, that's, that's, that's a roommate there. It's a, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's no longer, that's no longer a, a house guest. That's uh that's someone who just lives with you. But um, anyway, well, Jason, um, really appreciate you coming on. And um, if you guys need a lender, Jason is one of the best ones that I've ever dealt with. I've, I've worked with a lot of lenders in the past and um, I referred a lot of people to Jason and um, you know, family, friends, um, strangers. I, I think if you, if you needed, if you needed someone, an expert in this industry, um, well, I don't know if you go to Jason for expertise, but I'm just kidding. He's, he's, it's food. Uh, he, he's, he's, uh, he, he, he knows this stuff and, and he'll always treat you right. You know, the, you, right, you, I always say like, he, you know, like all you want, I think all of, all any of us want in a service-based industry is, is an opportunity, you know, like, you know, like, give me, give me the lead, give me a chance to talk to them. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, it's up to me to kind of close the deal, do the rest, but that's, you know, so I always keep in rotation and, um, you know, Good to know you. I appreciate it. I pre can I leave like my, my number on this thing or how, how does this work? Yep, please do. Okay. All right. So again, Jason Douglas, that's one S, statewide mortgage, Ron Lynn Station. You can come to our new, brand new office and slap me in the face if you'd like. Uh, I am a local lender and uh, 502 area code 533-4813. 533-4813. Nice. Well, I, look for, I look forward to all of us hooking up and uh, getting some good food here soon. Yeah. And we'll have you on again, Jason, one day. And okay. definitely we'll eat together. That's, that's uh. We're not going to eat while we're on Zoom though, right? Y'all don't do that. Dude. Well, that, that would be, that's food a review. podcast. That's, that's a different podcast. That's a, uh, you know. That's it's like, like your chef buddies. Yeah. Yeah, we we um we definitely know some people in the cooking world. Be fun. There you go. Well, yeah, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yep, no problem. Enjoy your time with your family today. So. You too. Same to you. Guys. And happy Later. birthday. Thank you. Yep. Talk about town thirty six in the books. Boom. Thanks for listening to Talk About Town. Hey, check us out on social media at Talk About Town KY on Twitter and Facebook. Also, you can look us up on the web at TalkAboutTownKY.com. Malachi Hadley and Neil Cox are your friendly realtors with Smith & Wilson Realty. 